This is the Four Quarters Podcast, your home court for college hoops and recruiting. Hello, and welcome back to the Four Quarters Podcast. I'm Adam Zagoria from zagsblog.com and SMY. As always, joined by my main man, Josh Newman. Josh, we're heading into the third and final weekend of the July live recruiting period. We've already had close to half a dozen kids commit and some breakout stars emerge. Uh, what do you think so far? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's pretty standard. I think we were all a little surprised by uh, the Eli Brooks commitment last night going to uh, the University of Michigan. Uh, that escalated pretty quickly. He was offered by Michigan, offered recently by Ohio State and Villanova. But we will get into that more as we move forward here. Yes, we will. Okay, a quick programming note to listen to all of SMY.TV's original podcasts covering the Mets, Jets, Knicks, Rangers, Islanders, or college basketball and recruiting. Just subscribe to the SMY.TV audio network on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's the SMY.TV audio network, and please rate and review our channel. For the Mets fans out there, be sure to check out the Mike Piazza episode of the Mets blog Q&A cast. Matt Cerrone talks one-on-one with the Mets legend and soon-to-be Hall of Famer. Definitely give that a listen. All right, moving on with the Four Quarters podcast. Josh and I have a big-time show. Today we have Evan Daniels from Scout.com. Rob Engerman from Elevate Hoops in the first two quarters is going to break down a lot of recruiting stuff. And the third and fourth quarters, Josh and I will get into the USA under-17 and 18 teams and the USA national team going to the Olympics. So with the first quarter, we have our guest Evan Daniels from Scout.com. Evan, welcome back. What's up, guys? How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us from Vegas. I know you're out there killing it. Um, you know, we want to get into some of the recruiting in the first couple periods with you, Evan. Obviously, we've had a few big commitments recently. Michael Porter, Eli Brooks, Andrew Platek, all committed to major schools in Washington, Michigan, and North Carolina. I think we can all agree Michael Porter Jr. is the biggest get here, right? I mean, this kid had 33 in the Peach Jam final. Then he goes for 20 in, in the first USA you know, under-18 game. Are, you know, are you surprised at all that he picked Washington? And, and uh, you know, could he be a one-and-done after Markel Fultz there? I don't think anybody was really surprised that he ended up at Washington. Obviously, uh, his father retired as an assistant coach. Um, I, I think they were going to have a, a great shot at getting him, whether he was or not. Um, Lorenzo Omar is his godfather. So, it, you know, there's some strong connections. And if there's one thing that Lorenzo Omar does extremely well is build relationships and in recruiting. And, and uh, I think he did that in this situation. And I do think he's a one-and-done talent, Adam. This is a tick-tape wing uh, with good athleticism, obviously good size for the position, and he can really make shots. When you combine those three things, uh, you've got a heck of a prospect. Yeah, he was. Very, I was very impressed by him at the Peach Jam, and I talked to some NBA guys who watched him at U18 training, and they said both Porter and Fultz were the two best players there. And Josh and I were just talking before about how it's really interesting how Romar in Washington is getting Fultz and Porter back-to-back, and you know he could have two one-and-dones back-to-back there. Yeah, I mean, and, and not just Colts and and um, and Porter, but you know, look what they did in the draft this year. Right, and right. I think I think Lorenzo Romar is, is doing a good job of. Um, like I mentioned a minute ago, it's he builds relationships, man. And I, I think when he got Markel Fultz, there was a lot of people surprised. And you know, I, I think Markel Fultz will uh, be a top three to five pick. I think he's going to have a chance to even go number one. I think he's that good. And then you, you know, you return it with a, another really good class and, and a guy in Michael Porter that's going to be able to really help them and, and be a one and done guy as well. 
Yeah, I wanted to talk about the point guards with you, Evan. Obviously, we got three or four really good point guards in the class of 2017. Three of them are on the USA Under-18 team, Quade Green, Trey Young, and Matt Coleman. Then you throw in uh, Trevon Duval, not on the team. You know, in your opinion, who is the best of these point guards, and do you see a domino effect in recruiting once one of them commits? Who is the best? Well, right now, um, you said between Quade, Trey Young, and, and Matt Back. Coleman. I think, I think, um, you know, how we have Trevon, now, You know, Trevon also. Well, okay. Well, the, how we rank those guys is Trevon Duvall, Quade Green, Trey Young, and Matt Coleman. Uh, I think maybe after Peach Jam, I would maybe switch Trey and Quade. Um, I thought Trey really proved himself at Peach Jam. Uh, but it's close. Uh, I, I think Trayvon, you know, we have as a guy in the top five range. I think those other guys, we have you know, more in the late teens to, to 20s range. Um, so that, that's the order I would go. And I, and I think with Trayvon, who's six for four, which is great size for the position. He's long, he's athletic, he's quick. He's maybe the best layup maker in, in high school basketball. And what I mean by that is just his finishing ability. Got him. He's got the high glass finishes. He takes contact well. He just shot at the rim. And he can really pass. Uh, do you do you see any any way, Evan, that Trey Young could follow Michael Porter to Washington, or do you feel like you know the um, the blue blood programs, places like Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, even his hometown school, Oklahoma, do they seem like the heavy favorites, or do you see some type of road for him to go to Washington? You know, the truth is, is I don't see him going to Washington. I I, I don't see them as a favorite. Uh, obviously, him and Michael are friends, and you know they said they wanted to play together in the past. I would actually be surprised by that. Um, I, I think that Kentucky and Oklahoma probably lead that deal. I don't know if he'd admit to that. but And then there's also Kansas and Oklahoma State. Um, but I would say Kentucky and, and Oklahoma are probably the two schools with the best shot as of now. Um, back to Trevon Duval for a second. Adam and I were talking. Um, it, is there any reason why you know Duke and Kentucky don't seem to be recruiting this kid like other schools are? Um, that'd be a good question for Trayvon. I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, I think maybe him being at, at um, API has scared some guys off. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's an interesting deal. And that said, you know, I, I do think that there are some, some pretty high-quality teams looking at him, but you know, Duke and Kentucky have passed so far. Um, could Duke possibly top last year's recruiting class? I mean, they're in play for so many guys, guys like Quade Green, uh, Mo Bamba, Gary Trent, Kevin Knox, Wendell Carter, all these guys. Could could they possibly top last year's class, which was obviously loaded? I think that would be tough. You know, I, I think that they're probably in the driver's seat for Wendell Carter. I think that, um, you know, they're going to get a, a couple guards. They're in there pretty heavily with Kevin Knox. I, I think... Part of it, too, Josh, is the 2016 class was so good. And not only did they get all those top-tier guys, but the top tier of that class is probably better than the top tier of this class. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I think it would be hard to top it. But, you know, the truth is, is they're going to have a really good class again. And I'm sure, um, I'm sure it'll fill out nicely and they'll have a handful of five-stars like they always do. Can you just um... – for the people that are unfamiliar, you know, outside of, you know, the main guys, the guys that everyone knows, who who are some of the kids 
across the country that you know maybe uh, have broken out this summer that people aren't so familiar with yet? That's a great question. I think this Australian kid, six foot eleven center uh, from uh, from Australia, his name is Jacob Epperson. Uh, he's mobile. Uh, he runs well. He's got very long arms. He was kind of shocked by a bunch of head coaches last week in Milwaukee, and you know before that, I don't think a lot of people knew much about him. He's going to end up coming over to the states uh, at the 2017 Brock Stokes. He's a high major recruit, a guy that I would probably throw in the 50 to 75 range in our in our rankings. So he's certainly a breakout guy. A uh, kid named Jace Fabrice from Texas Pro in Houston is probably another one. Six foot four. A uh, very good athlete, a guy that can really make shots. I saw him at the Great American Shootout last week and, and was very impressed. Uh, I think those two guys, at least in the middle period, are probably the two breakout candidates for me. Hey, Evan, it's Adam. You know, for those of us without a massive uh, travel budget like you have, we're going to be staying here on the, <laughs> e- on the East Coast at Live in AC, and uh, I will not be out in Vegas. Give me, like, a couple storylines or players you're really looking forward to watching out there in Vegas in the next few days. No, I'm going to go watch Nick Weatherspoon tonight. Um, I, I saw him in Milwaukee, and I thought he was tremendous, and I think he's taken a, a step up. So I'm excited to see him, Six foot two combo guard, being recruited by Mississippi State, Tennessee State, North Carolina, a handful of others. Uh, he's certainly one. You know, an interesting storyline to follow, Adam, is I think a lot of the Nike kids are, are taking some time off this week and resting up to Nike Shield Academy. So I'd be curious to see who all is, is out here and with their teams. Uh, and whatnot, but you know, I'm going to spend quite a bit of time over at the Adidas event just because I didn't hasn't done the Adidas circuit this July yet. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of those guys and some of the top tier guys, and I'll slide over to all the other ones too. But that's probably where I'll, I'll start at. Yeah, and then of course you have some of the big name guys like you know Mo Bamba, Trey Young, Quade Green, Hamidou Diallo. All those guys are in Chile with the under 18 team. So you're lacking uh, some of those big name stars in this period. You know, that's okay, though. I, I think this period, I, for me anyways, is I want to just see new faces and new guys and try to find some new names. Um, so that, that's a-okay with me. All right, well, listen, good luck out there in Vegas. Try to stay out of trouble, and we'll talk to you soon, all right? Sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys. Always good to have Evan on the show, Josh. It's obviously been a very busy July already with a bunch of commits, including Michael Porter Jr. to Washington, which should be a huge addition for them. Yeah, there are definitely several guys that when we have them on the podcast, they are just a wealth of information covering several different topics. I, you know, Evan Daniels is certainly a friend of the Four Quarters podcast. All right, we're going to move on now to another friend. He's a first-time guest. It's our man Rob Engerman from Elevate Hoops. Rob, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Hey, thanks for coming on, Rob. Uh, I know it's been a real busy July for you. You know, just to give people a little bit of a window into what it's like planning these events, you planned two events at the uh, Elevate Hoops in Philly for the first two July periods. Now you have live in AC in Atlantic City beginning today, Wednesday through the weekend. Just how hectic is your life you know, these days and how far in advance do you have to start planning and inviting kids to these events? No, it's, it's, uh, we, we had New York last week too. Um, it's, a, it's an annual thing. It's almost like recruiting for college coaches. It's, a, uh, it's something that you you take pride in and you obviously cultivate your relationships and, and dig in year round. And if you, if you're not doing it, somebody else is. Well, I know you worked real hard and you had a few breakout stars there at your events so far. 
um, you know, that maybe people would know about. One of them was Eli Brooks, guard from the Jersey Shore Warriors, 6'1 point guard. He's at your event in Philly. Um, you know, the first weekend he picks up a bunch of offers, Villanova, Michigan, Ohio State, and then he pops last night for Michigan. Were you surprised by that? And, and what kind of skill set will he bring to Michigan? Definitely, definitely surprised because uh, they played in our event in the spring in New York. Didn't have a ton of traction with high majors. I think Kansas State was the only one. And then I started getting phone calls probably about three weeks ago from the likes of Texas and Michigan. Um, just asking about it. I mean, he's got a winning pedigree. Obviously, that team's only lost two games all spring and summer. He's not a dynamic point guard off the bounce, but he's got a high, high, high basketball IQ. So I think it really fits with Michigan and what uh, Beeline has done in the past. And, Rob, another kid who has kind of broken out at your events, um, Clifton Moore, uh, a 6'9 kid from out in Pennsylvania, just like Eli Brooks. Um, he had, you know, he's had a bunch of high major interests. It seems like things are kind of starting to pick up steam now. What is his upside, and 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 just what did you see out of him in uh, uh, in Philly? No, he's, he's a guy again, high ceiling, and came out of nowhere. He's really green to all this stuff, and and you can kind of still see he's figuring it out every time he steps in between the lines. Uh, but he's 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 a guy who had Patriot and Ivies, and all of a sudden, Villanova's trying to uh, get involved and, and potentially redshirt him. Then you have Temple offered, St. John's offered. I think Indiana's heavily flirting with him, and then all the academic high majors: Northwestern, Stanford, Vanderbilt, uh, Boston College. So it's even I think uh, Virginia. They were they were at the event this past weekend. So it, it's uh. It's interesting. You see some of these guys that don't play on a shoe circuit. All of a sudden, once they get an opportunity, they they kind of blow up a little bit. And with that said, in terms of guys getting the opportunity, could you just rattle off maybe a few of the kids who people aren't familiar with that are starting to pick up steam? I know that uh, a team mellow outfit. I I know that they have a few kids that have kind of picked up steam here. Yeah, no, I mean the, the kid Daryl Morsell uh, out of team mellow. I think he's at Mount St. Joe's in Baltimore. He's, a, he's another perfect example. Uh, went into the spring with Towson, Dayton, and some good, like good level mid-major programs. And all of a sudden, you see after the first weekend, Maryland, uh, West Virginia, and it just goes on and on. I, I've seen probably like I can't even keep track of his stuff. It, it's it's gotten a little crazy. But yeah, and, not- and then you have got. The other guy, we got Devondre Perry on Team Melo, same thing. He's he's a uh, he's had some more high high major interest early on, but it's it's crazy. I feel like the the guys who really do their homework and get off the shoe circuit, sometimes the early bird gets the worm with with some of those guys. Hey Rob, it's Adam again. Just last question. Obviously, a lot of the recruiting world is out in Vegas this week, but you know you are keeping it real here on the East Coast with your live and AC event which, of course, I appreciate because it's a half-an-hour drive from the beach here in South Jersey, so I like that. But can you just tell folks a little bit about the Live and AC event? When does it run? Who are some of the top teams, and what should we be looking for? Yeah, no, it, went, it runs Wednesday through uh, Wednesday through Friday. Some of the top teams, uh, there's a showcase game 
bracket on Wednesday. You'll have guys like New Jersey players, EYBL team, uh, Jersey Shore Warriors, uh, Philly Pride with David Beatty, South Jersey Jazz, coached by Tim Legler, uh, Team Belief with uh, the 6'8 kid Daniel Matting, who played this past year at St. Anthony's, New Jersey Roadrunners, uh, and there's a bunch more, but a lot of, also a strong 16-year bracket, but that's that's always a uh, uh, a safe haven for mid majors and some Atlantic tens, low majors to find to find guys uh, outside the box. You know. All right. Well, I'll be stepping off the beach and showing up there in my flip flops later on. So I'll catch you out there later. Look, for, look forward to seeing you. Hopefully, you're not too sore from uh, getting ready for that ultimate run. That's right. We got, we got nationals in three weeks, but keep up the great work, Rob. You do a lot for the ult- for the uh, basketball community, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, have a good one, guys. Rob Engerman, you know, not a lot of people maybe nationally know about this guy, Josh, but um, he works very hard, as as I know you know, to stock his events with up and coming talent. And he's had three or four events here this month. You guys always working, always on the phone, and. Um, you know, that the event he had in Philly is kind of the extension of the old Sonny Vaccaro ABCD camp. It's obviously not the same thing, but, you know, I think Rob um, really works hard getting some talent. And, you know, we've already seen Eli Brooks to Michigan as a guy that Rob invited to his events. Yeah, when I was covering high school hoops a bunch of years ago, I met Rob. He's an old hoop group guy. And as the years have gone on, as time has gone on, he's really parlayed a, a lot of his relationships and and gotten Elevate Hoops into something that really is a big deal outside of all of uh, the sneaker circuit stuff. So it's great to see Rob have the type of success that he's having right now. All right, let's move on now to the third quarter. Josh and I are going to talk a little USA youth basketball, the U-17s and U-18s in action this summer. Uh, you want to get us started, Mr. Newman? I will do that. Uh, so the the under-18 national team is currently in Chile at the FIBA Americas Championships. Uh, several high-profile guys, uh, Mo Bamba, Quade Green, uh, Trey Young, Michael Porter, etc. cetera. Uh, before they left for Chile, they were training in Houston, and NBA scouts were allowed in there to watch. You talked to some of those scouts in Houston watching. What did some of those guys say? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I talked to a couple guys there. They all said that Markel Fultz and Michael Porter Jr. were the two most impressive guys, the two best scorers. They also like the kid Kevin Herter as a shooter who's going to be a freshman at Maryland and also Muhammad Bamba, who's obviously seven feet tall and has a huge upside. And so I spoke to them. And then, you know, a couple of days later, Michael Porter Jr. commits to Washington, which I think we all expected was going to happen. So you now have a really interesting scenario where, you know, basically the top two guys on the under 18 national team are going to Washington, one in 2016 in Markel Fultz and one in 2017 in Michael Porter. And both could be one and done guys. So basically, you know, Fultz, who I think is projected at number two by Draft Express, could be there for a year, could leave. And then Michael Porter Jr. comes in. Um, obviously, they're different players. Fultz is about 6'5", Michael Porter 6'9". But um, basically, NBA guys really high on both as pure scorers. Um, you know, when you look at some of these guys, you know, again, the main guys like Porter and Young and Bamba and Green, uh, you know, these guys are already having big summers. Between the four of them, they all went to uh, the Peach Jam title game, Porter and Young uh, with uh, the Mocan Elite Squad, Bamba and Green with the PSA Cardinals. What kind of summer, all told, can these guys have if they if they can really take care of business and win FIBA Americas down in Chile? 
Well, it's funny. I think I mentioned last week, you know, I talked to Mo Bamba in the airport coming out of Peach Jam. We were on the same flight. And he, he said he had envisioned this three-peat in his mind where he won a state championship with the Westtown School in Pennsylvania. He then envisioned winning the Peach Jam championship and then winning the U18 gold medal with um, the national team. Obviously, he and Quade came up short in the Peach Jam final, but he and Quade can still win two of those three gold medals or championships if they win in Chile. And then, of course, they lost to Michael Porter and Trey Young in the finals of the Peach Jam. And, you know, Michael Porter had 33 points in that game, by the way. And Porter and Young can now win the Peach Jam, then go to USA Basketball and win a gold medal. So, you know, that's a pretty big-time summer for those two guys. And you factor in that Michael Porter committed to Washington you know, in the span of a couple of weeks, he's going to win Peach Jam, commit to a Pac-12 school, and maybe win a gold medal. So, you know, who who wouldn't sign up for that as a as a as a high school kid? You know, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Josh, I want to ask you. There's been a lot of talk. You know, we talked about this before. The knock on the AAU summer scene and whether it you know is a bad thing for basketball and destroys kids' fundamentals and they're just out running up and down the court, not working on fundamentals. And there is some of that going on. I think, you know, we'd be lying if we said that didn't happen. And, you know, coaches are watching a lot of games. Sometimes they're not that great. But then you counterbalance that with the fact that, as we said, the U-17s won the gold medal at the World Championships in Spain. The U-18s are the favorites here. What does that tell us about the state of youth basketball? Look, is AAU basketball, you know, broken? I don't know if it's broken. You know, I do think that there is some substance to the notion that, uh, it keeps kids from working on fundamentals and working on their skills and fine. That's all well and good. That's a that's an entirely different topic. In terms of the youth programs in the United States, the youth programs in the United States at this age level, 17s, 18s, are the best in the world. And there's really there's really no argument because you can just look at the even the recent history of what's gone on at the FIBA events, whether it be the FIBA Americas or the World Championships. The 17s and 18s are coming out, and they're not only winning these events, they're dominating these events. So what can anybody say negatively about the youth programs at the highest level in this country? I, I think once you get, <clears throat> excuse me, I think once you get into the U19s, when you're talking about our college freshmen, college sophomores, maybe high school seniors, college freshmen to be playing up at the U19 level, it gets a little more difficult because a lot of the U19 national teams in Europe are full of kids that age that are playing professionally over there and are playing against grown men and are a little more seasoned. So bottom line, our youth programs are still the best in the world. There's really no arguing that. Yeah, I know our friend Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News has written several columns on this, and it's true. And I mean, just look at our U18 team. You know, I mean, let's face it, this team is stocked full of lottery picks. I mean, Markel Fultz, Michael Porter Jr., you know, Bamba, these guys are all projected lottery picks. Um, the same could be said for the under-17 team a year from now. So, you know, they're obviously coaching them up well. And Don Showalter, the the U-17 coach, and now you have uh, Shaka Smart, Kevin Ali, Mark Turgeon with the U-18s. These kids are obviously getting great coaching. And, you know, that speaks well for the, for the future of American basketball. And let me say also, I don't think Don Showalter gets enough credit because he's not, you know, he's not a household name. He was a high school coach for many years. Now he's working primarily with USA Basketball. I don't think Don Showalter gets nearly enough credit for the job he's done with the youth programs in this country. Yeah, that's true. All right. Speaking of the senior national team and the older guys, we're going to move on now to the fourth quarter and talk about that. Um, obviously, these guys are getting ready for the Rio Olympics. 
Uh, you want to get us started here, Josh? Yeah, yeah. So while you were at Peach Jam, uh, you know, you were, you know, this young enterprising reporter. You tracked down Mike Shashevsky, and uh, he gave you a few minutes. And uh, I'm just curious, going into Rio, his last run with the Olympic team, what did he say about guys like Durant and uh, Kyrie Irving to you? Yeah, it was interesting. I got a couple minutes with Coach K. He was kind enough to give me at the Peach Jam. And first of all, I did write a column a week or so ago that, you know, we should keep in mind Coach K in the next nine months could win an Olympic gold medal and also the national championship at Duke. Duke is the favorite going into the season to win it in April. So that would be quite a nine-month span for Coach K. But, um, you know, I talked to him about a couple guys with Kyrie. Obviously, he coached Kyrie only for, you know, a handful of games at Duke. But um, he told me that, you know, he watched Kyrie in high school. And, um, you know, he knew then that he was a special player. And, um, you know, he said he's as good a guard as there is right now in the NBA pointed out that, you know, he's already won uh, an NBA championship by the time he's 24. And, um, you know, he's got a big upside. And I think it's, you know, it must be nice for Coach K, since he only coached Kyrie for a brief time in college, to now coach him on the national team after he's won an NBA championship. Um, As for Kevin Durant, you know, I think it's kind of interesting that Durant is now going to the Warriors and he's going to play on the national team with a couple future teammates in Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. Harrison Barnes is also on the team, but he obviously left for the Mavericks. So I asked Coach K, does he think that will facilitate, you know, Kevin Durant blending in with the Warriors because he gets to play with Draymond and Clay in the in uh, the national team? He said, when you have a guy that's that good, it doesn't have to be about him. He's he's good having everybody else do something, you know, good around him. Um, so I think he, you know, he thinks that Kevin Durant will kind of fit in with the Warriors, and it's not going to be all about him. And obviously, that's the pitch that the Warriors made to Durant, like, hey, you know, you're shooting whatever 40% from three with people guarding you or whatever his percentage was. And now he'll probably get a lot of wide open looks because they'll have to guard Steph Curry and the other guys on the Warriors. So I think one storyline to go watch going forward with the national team is just how how well Durant bonds with Draymond and Klay Thompson and his future teammates. Um, you know, another story that's come out of uh, Las Vegas, Josh, where the guys are training Tom Thibodeau is uh, an assistant coach with the team. He spoke to the media. Knicks guys told them Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah are obviously experienced, and the Knicks have a, quote, good team going forward. You know, what's your take on it, and and are these guys going to be healthy for the season? Um, I, <clears throat> Excuse me. I do think that Phil did a nice job of putting together what could be a competitive team if everyone stays healthy. I feel like he's, he, he's going, um, you know, low-risk, high-reward, Guys like Derrick Rose, uh, guys like uh, guys uh, like Brandon Jennings, who you know Jennings is on a one-year deal, Rose is on the last year of a deal, and you would think that these guys are going to be engaged and looking for the next contract. You you know you would think that they would want to play well. So, and and Brandon Jennings is a nice you know you got to have a backup in case no Derrick doubt Rose no crum- doubt he crumples in his third game on the team. In, you know, in fairness, Brandon Jennings is coming off his own lengthy injury absence. So, again, low risk, high reward. I think on paper, I think this Knicks team could be very, very good. I think they're a playoff team, you know, maybe fighting to get into that four or five seed mix if everyone stays healthy. If everyone, I, does, if everyone doesn't stay healthy, it's a much different story. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, anybody who picks against LeBron and the Cavs in the East is crazy. But I think if you're a Knicks fan and the Knicks organization – you know, if you if they can make this season interesting and competitive, and you know, win you know, forty plus games and make the playoffs, you know, that would really be a big improvement. Maybe they get to the 
you know, win a playoff round, get to the second round. I think that's really what you kind of got to hope for at this point. Now, just to stay with the Knicks here, um, you know, with all the recent gun violence going on in this country over the last few weeks, uh, you know, Carmelo Anthony has been very outspoken and he's using his, you know, status as an NBA superstar, as a celebrity. He's using it as a forum to talk about the gun violence. And, you know, it feels like, you know, it's hearkening back to, you know, the times of Ali and Jim Brown, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, when, you know, when um, high-profile African-Americans were, you know, were very outspoken on the issues of the day. Uh, your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, I've always been fascinated. I studied uh, African-American studies at Wesleyan. I was always interested in the 60s and, um, you know, the various civil rights movements that came out of the 60s, the Black Power movement. And that was a time when th those athletes you just mentioned um, really stepped forward and and tried to bring change to society. I thought it was really fascinating in the OJ documentary just recently on ESPN. I know you watched it too, Josh, that those guys approached OJ about, you know, joining their movement in the 60s. And OJ basically said, thanks, but no thanks. Right. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not black. I'm OJ. Um, but those guys really, you know, Ali, Jim Brown, Kareem, Bill Russell stepped up at that time. And here it is, whatever, 40 years later, and the issues are different. But, you know, I think Melo deserves a lot of credit for, you know, at the at the ESPYs, he and LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul stepped up um, to step forward about about the gun violence. And, you know, he's doing what he can. He's using his position. And I know he was quoted as saying now with the Olympics coming up, they have a huge bully pulpit and a huge forum to um, try to, you know, speak out against violence. And he's come a long way because if you remember earlier in his career, Carmelo had that, you know, don't snitch video. Oh, yeah. That, and, was, not, that was not a good situation. Uh, yeah. And he said, you know, he's quoted by the reporters out there in Vegas saying he's he was young. He was 19, 20 years old. And now he's a lot older. So, you know, who knows in the end how much difference this actually makes in society. But, you know, I think it's good that that our athletes are speaking up. All right, we're done for the day. Remember to check out zagsblog.com for all your recruiting news throughout the summer and more coverage of Team USA basketball and the youth teams. Remember to check out all of SMY.TV's original podcasts. Just subscribe to the SMY.TV audio network on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's the SMY.TV audio network. And please make sure to rate and review the channel. You can also follow me and Josh on Twitter at Adam Zagoria and at Joshua underscore Newman. Thanks for listening and subscribing. We are out. This has been the Four Quarters Podcast, part of the SNY.TV Audio Network.